Hello, everyone, and welcome to June and Joe Show, episode 19. Wow. I say it every time, but I can't believe 19 episodes. And if you've been listening to us, uh, we actually ran into a lot of people yesterday at the Central Committee meeting that have been listening to us for quite a while. So thank you for your loyal listening of our show. We're excited to be here with you. Yes. And we know who you are and we're grateful for you. And we're picking up a lot of momentum on the podcast too. So we're really excited that you all are enjoying the content that we're putting out. Yeah. It's been a couple of weeks. We've, uh, you and I both have a lot of things, uh, a lot of balls we're juggling. So it's been a little while since we've recorded, maybe a couple of weeks or so. A lot's been going on. So much has been going on. And the last time we recorded was with our first guest, um, and we'll talk more about recalls in a bit, but let's start off with our wonderful San Diego mayor, Todd Gloria, and his approach to handling homelessness. Yeah, well, I, a lot of people don't know this about me, but homelessness was a big reason I decided to run for office. I made that decision over two years ago now. And, uh, and so I spent a lot of time on homelessness policy. And What's been reported, unfortunately, recently is that the homeless count in downtown San Diego is skyrocketing under Mayor Gloria's quote unquote compassionate approach to homelessness. Um, and so the actual numbers that uh, they recently reported are downtown San Diego in May. The number is 1,157. That's up from 721 in March, just a few months ago. I mean, that's a significant increase, 400 plus new homeless people, uh, 50% increase in just a couple months, downtown San Diego. And the mayor's come out and said, uh, well, part of this new compassionate approach means you're going to see more homeless. So I guess his view of being compassionate is letting people die on the streets or be attacked, as we've seen, unfortunately, the last few years, a lot of homeless individuals are being targeted for, for violent crimes on the streets. I guess that's his definition of compassionate, whereas I think trying to get people the services they need so they can live a better life is actually a more compassionate approach, which would mean we wouldn't see as many on the streets. But right. what are your thoughts, June? I agree with you. And I think there's a staggering difference between what homelessness in San Diego looked like under Mayor Faulkner and what it looks like just six months later under Mayor Gloria. And Mayor Faulkner always said there's nothing compassionate about letting people rot and die on the street. And I have to agree with him. There are methods that clearly worked while Mayor Faulkner was in office. And Mayor Gloria has decided to completely abandon those to instruct San Diego PD not to remove people from the street. And he's calling this compassion. And I know that, you know, all of us have a differing opinion on how to solve homelessness. But I don't think his approach is compassionate at all. And even children going to Padres games and going downtown, the little kids are noticing how different their city looks. And I think that's very unfortunate. It is. And, and to your point, uh, you know, when Mayor Faulkner was mayor of San Diego, San Diego's homeless count dropped. Um, city of San Diego homeless count dropped. The county count dropped overall. Most of our homeless are in the city of San Diego, but the overall count dropped uh, because of the city, the city's lead in that regard, while LA and San Francisco continue to skyrocket. And I was actually in Los Angeles uh, a couple weeks ago, and I hadn't been there because of the pandemic for for several months, for more than a year, probably. It was it was sad. It was really sad. I, mean, I used to work downtown San Diego, and to see 
the number of tents and people living on the street, you couldn't, you couldn't escape it. I mean, you couldn't go down any block in downtown San Diego without seeing tents. And again, some of them literally from one corner to the next corner, just a line of tents. Um, and it's not compassionate. And a lot of folks that are living on the streets don't want to come in off the streets, but it's often because they have mental health issues or they have substance abuse challenges. And we need to make sure they have access to those services they need so that they don't think it's better for them to live on the streets in unsanitary conditions and unsafe conditions, as opposed to even just a shelter, um, as maybe a first step before some permanent housing. Uh, but, you know, getting them, you know, clean, getting them clothing, getting them a roof over their head, even if it's a shelter is, is much better than living on the street. Well, I think that Mayor Gloria and his team think that homelessness isn't going to be solved until there's more housing. But those of us on the other side of the aisle believe that there has to be a cure or a solution to the underlying root cause of someone's homelessness and that one size doesn't fit all. But once again, the Democrats or the folks on the other side of the aisle feel like there has to be a one size fits all solution instead of catering services to each person's individual needs. And right. I think that as long as there is that ideological gap, uh, we're not going to get the homeless problem under control, at least not during Mayor Gloria's tenure. And it's unfortunate to see San Diego turn into San Francisco and Los Angeles. And I, we got here in like a mere six months. I don't even want to know what this looks like two, four years down the line. Yeah. No. And, and I talked about this a lot. I mean, I heard a lot from supporters that we need more housing to address the homeless crisis and um, housing is one aspect of it, but right. um, you know, housing is a different challenge. And for, for most of the people that find themselves homeless, it's not because they could otherwise afford a $300,000 home. It's not that they can't afford a $300,000 home. So they're on the street, which by the way, Median home price in San Diego is somewhere, you know, close to seven hundred thousand now. I think, so even a three hundred thousand dollar home is is you know not attainable, and, and uh, comparable rents are not attainable for people that are living on the streets. Mostly, there are other significant underlying issues that uh, need to be addressed, and, um, and and you're right, and and it's only been six months, and I think about my office downtown where I'm sitting right now, and. You know, if, if it gets, if this turns into LA, I'm not going to have an office downtown. Um, it's just right. not where people feel safe going to lunch in the middle of the day. So it's really unfortunate, but um, kind of shifting topics. Um, Jen Campbell's recall effort has failed officially. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Joe? Well, I, I, I guess I'm a little bit surprised um, that it, that, it failed already. Uh, so w when we say it failed, it didn't, the individuals that led the effort to recall Jen Campbell, who is a uh, sitting city council member, uh, she's in her first term. She'll be up for reelection if she chooses to run for reelection next year and um, took Lori's aft seat uh, a few years back. She, um, there were people trying to get her recalled and they didn't collect enough signatures to even get on the ballot. I'm a little bit surprised about that. Um, former, City Council Member Barbara Bree, who was also a mayoral candidate, was one of the people leading the charge to try and get Jen Campbell recalled. Um, 
Jen Campbell ruffled some feathers with her some of her positions. She's she's in a tough district with competing interests, coastal district. People are pretty anti-development, but then there's also people that really want to see more housing built. So there's also issues of short-term vacation rentals and things. And it was really the short-term vacation rental issue that fired up a bunch of people uh, for the recall. So I was a bit surprised that they weren't even able to mobilize enough people to get the signatures to get on the ballot. Um, But as I've said before, I'm generally not in favor of recalling people just because you don't like one decision they make. Um, or you don't like one statement they made, right? Um, you know, there's always going to be every elected official, unless you're the elected official yourself, they're going to make decisions that are not going to make people happy hundred percent of the time. And so that's part of representative government. Um, so I don't necessarily think she should have been recalled, uh, but I'm surprised that they weren't able to get more traction. I do think it's different than the governor recall, which I fully support, but what are your thoughts? Well, I feel like everywhere I turn, since November, somebody's crying recall. And the gubernatorial recall, I think, is completely different in a separate class of these recalls for local and municipal um, offices. But so California has been a hotbed for recall campaigns throughout history. And they're usually unsuccessful, right? But I saw this statistic since 1913. There have been 179 recall attempts of state elected officials in California. Ten wow. recalls of those 179 got enough signatures to qualify for the ballot. And the official was recalled in only six instances of those 179 attempts. And most recently, I guess, in our memory, it's Gray Davis in 2003, and then Senator Josh Newman in 2018 because of the gas tax. Right. But, Actually, I'm, I'm surprised that, you know, uh, 10 of them got enough signatures to make it on the ballot, and six of those 10, so 60%, were actually ultimately successful. I guess that maybe says that if there's enough interest in getting the signatures, an organization to get the signatures you know, you have a better than 50% chance of maybe recalling that person, right? uh, at least historically. So, so last episode, we talked to Mike Allman, who's facing a recall challenge, and we'll have to see if they get enough signatures to recall um, or trigger a recall election. I hope not. But once again, all these recall happy folks here in California are pushing in every single level of government. But I I don't know if I'm surprised that the recall failed, but at least it kind of shows that um, it wasn't really going to go anywhere anyway. Yeah. And it goes both ways, by the way. It's both parties are doing it, both sides are doing it. And I I said to someone last night, one of the reasons I don't like that our own party, the Republican Party, is leading the charge on so many uh, recall efforts is unless they're truly going to be successful. And again, I think the governor recalls a different, a different beast and it should be and could be successful, but a lot of these local, uh, electeds it's diverting resources. It's diverting volunteer time, diverting financial resources to an effort that has a long shot chance of succeeding. So I'd rather see us fight the fights we can win and get more people elected in office. I agree. Um, and Talking about money, let's talk about this rent relief uh, fund in the San Diego region, which so $211 million in rent relief money is available in San Diego, but only 2% of it has been claimed. 
That's insane. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Well, 2% has been spent. Um, I think a little over 50% will be spent ultimately, but you know, it's $211 million of our tax dollars, whether it's federal dollars or local dollars, both county and city. And, you know, we, we heard, and it's not surprising that we were concerned with the pandemic and people losing their jobs. Can people afford their rent? But it's pretty amazing that we're now today, we're, we're June 15th, you know, we're back to normal. The restrictions are lifted. Everything's open. And only except for kids. I'm being, I'm being somewhat sarcastic, but essentially, you know, 15, 15 months later, uh, through this economic crisis, and only 2% of those funds have been spent, shows you, one, that the demand wasn't nearly what people expected it would be. Two, shows you the inefficiency, perhaps, of government in delivering need when there is true need. Um, and again, like I said, they're anticipating about over 50% will ultimately be spent. But you would think people needed that money already in the last 15 months. So the fact that only 2%'s gotten out shows you again how inefficient the government is in, in getting this stuff delivered. And you, you could look across the board. I mean, EDD, the state unemployment and how much fraud there is there. You know, there are people that have real needs, but the government always finds a way to screw it up. Right. So when I was reading up on this particular issue and looking at all the articles about it, that was the overarching theme that I got from everything that I read is that the government inefficiency, the systems that we have in place um, don't work for the people who actually need these resources. They can't figure out how to apply. They can't figure out um, which documents are needed in a timely manner. Then the government um, agencies that are in charge of it are asking for things two weeks down the line, but they need a 12 hour turnaround. And it's just absolute chaos for these people who need this assistance to stay in their homes. And um, there's gotta be a better way. I mean, we always say if like Chick-fil-A ran the DMV, wouldn't that be great? We need like a Chick-fil-A in and out customer service philosophy for every single government agency in order for us to operate a smooth government. I know people like to give capitalism a hard time, particularly people on the left, but when profit is a motive, you know, you find ways to do things. And if you're not going to have profit as a motive, you got to find other ways to motivate innovation and, and uh, you know, solving administrative and bureaucratic problems that we have, but there's no, there's no motivation. There's no motivation if you're in government um, to, to solve those things. You don't get rewarded. You don't get bonuses for figuring no. that stuff out. And so, you don't lose your job when you do it poorly. I mean, right. it's just a real shame that we, we put those resources out there, but oh my gosh, we're out of time. We're out of time. We're going to lose our job if we don't cut it short. So good to see you all. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye.